it's a real pleasure to uh, get a chance to introduce our next storyteller tonight, our final storyteller tonight. Um, in terms of the, t the topic of sourdough and pioneers here and self-starters, we've, uh, we've got a person who exemplifies all of that. It's not often you get to sit on the stage with someone who drafted the state's constitution, but uh, I feel pretty fortunate to get to do that tonight. Everybody, please give a big hand for Mr. Vic Fisher. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've been sitting here listening to lots of good storytellers, clowns, actors, uh, whatever, and uh, wondering what I should talk about. Uh, it, 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 at one point, I, I was, as I was telling somebody during intermission, I had this thought of telling about doing kayaking off West Chichagov Island, north of Sitka, and uh, being eye to eye with a whale, with a humpback, with an eye like this, about this far, virtually, maybe tw two hand arms, arms length away from me, uh, one of the great thrills of my life. Nothing funny about it, it was just a lifetime experience. Anyway, I'm gonna tell you quickly uh, about coming to Alaska, what brought me here. I was on a troop ship during World War II, um, crossing the Atlantic on the way to France. We were in a convoy of about 150 ships, and uh, it took us two weeks across because the convoy went at the speed of the slowest of the ships, and those were tankers. And we had um, troop ships in the middle, and cargo ships, and tankers, and then whatever, and minesweepers, and uh, uh, destroyers on the outside, uh, dropping depth charges, keeping the U-boats away. A anyway, it was a long trip, and after I got over being seasick first couple of days in the North Atlantic storm, I started thinking, okay, uh, what do I want to do with myself uh, when I get back, and where do I want to do it? And uh, I, I had uh, gone to the University of Wisconsin before I enlisted and uh, uh, enrolled us in electrical, in electrical engineering department. And I'd always thought that's what I would pursue because as a kid I always played with uh, electricity and building magnets and coils and uh, this and that and so on. I once um, wired my desk so that uh, if my brother tried to get into a drawer, he'd get a shock. Uh, it, Anyway, I, uh, as I was ruminating about uh, um, my future, I decided I really want to do something more than engineering. I want to have more of a social purpose in my life. And so I went in the ship's library and um, went through a bunch of books. And a great one was uh, Space, Time, and Architecture. And I thought, architecture, well, that's my technical side. Uh, it's for people. As I read the book, I discovered there's a field such as city planning. Well, that's, that's what I decided. I'd be a city planner. And uh, in the library, I also started reading books about the states because I had gone 
come from the East Coast uh, to Wisconsin. I like going west, so I thought, well, I'll go all the way west. And, uh, so I read about Oregon, and I, I skipped California. I went to Oregon, <laughs> state of Washington, and there was, a, there was a series of books on the states and the territories, and reading about Tacoma and Seattle and so on, I found there's a place even further away, and that's Alaska. And so I got the Alaska book, and I was sold. So. Uh, I was going to be a city planner in Alaska. And after, uh, after the war, I uh, wrote a letter to the University of Alaska up near Fairbanks, and uh, I, I, I asked them if they had a, a degree program in architecture. Well, the University of Alaska still doesn't have that. <laughs> uh, but uh, they said, we have uh, civil engineering and mining and, and agriculture and English and whatever else. And it was a nice handwritten letter. And, uh, uh, and they said, you might try University of Washington, which I did. And they weren't taking out-of-state students because there were so many veterans coming back under the GI Bill, which was what was going to finance my education. And, uh, so I went back to Wisconsin, created my own program as a foundation for planning, went off to MIT to get a graduate degree. And when I was finishing there, they were, uh, planning was just coming um, into popular four. And uh, I had lots of job offers. I couldn't decide which one to take. Alaska was not in my horizon at that point. And one day, there was a uh, notice on the job board um, town planner for Alaska, Bureau of Land Management, and sort of my dreams were realized. All of a sudden, Alaska was there. And uh, uh, my wife and I uh, went to Philadelphia, got, uh, we were living in Pennsylvania, got uh, fixed up to go uh, up to the Arctic, and uh, we got uh, 10 records that we couldn't live without uh, for the next few years. and. Uh, I uh, drove, uh, camped all the way across the country and up the Alaska Highway, which was in pretty horrible shape, and I haven't even gotten started yet. Uh, <laughs> and I, and, uh, I, and get, to, get to Anchorage on the one street that was paved, 4th Avenue. Um, Donna may remember when I was being paved. And uh, lo and behold, we stop in front of the uh, federal building that's now the old federal building and there's a parking parking meter next to us <laughs> and and across the street is a beautiful large record store in the reed building next to the fourth avenue theater and uh anyway we ended up living in a uh, outside the city limits uh, um, in a uh, converted garage 14 by 22 little cabin with an oil cook stove in one corner, chemical toilet in the other, and uh, um, carried water in from the neighbors, and it was heaven. It was just ideal, as ideal as life could be. Anchorage City had 11,000 people then. Uh, it, uh, the area had 30,000, including a lot of military at the time, and uh, uh, I was going to tell you a story, except for that uh, harmonica over there, uh, about the first week going off to Nulato, uh going out to the bush and uh, getting 
to experience a village uh, in the first days in Alaska, and then flying back in a very small plane, and uh, clouds coming down over the mountains, and we wandered around, and I ended up in Galena and got stuck for uh, three days, and I learned uh, a lot about uh, what Alaska life is like, including the patience of, um, of traveling in Alaska. Anyway, um, it, it was fabulous. Alaska lived up to everything I expected, except for one, one downside. And uh, it, that was the fact that by coming to Alaska, I was no longer a full-fledged citizen of the United States. <laughs> I was in the territory of Alaska. I had voted for president already, for US senator, for uh, voting members of Congress, uh, and having been in a war to uh, uh, save the world for democracy, or whatever we call the good war in those days. Uh, and here I was, and that's how I got involved in statehood, and that's went to the Constitutional Convention and did lots of fascinating things, and it's been a good life, and I'm delighted to see such a fabulous turnout. Thank you. Being a right place at the, uh, at the <laughs> being a right place at the right time, uh, I, I was very fortunate. I got involved in the statehood movement and uh, uh, ran for the constitutional convention uh, as a delegate from all of southeastern, uh, uh, from uh, Cordova, <clears throat> including Kodiak, all the way uh, down the Aleutian chain and. Bristol Bay and so on, and uh, uh, I was elected, and the whole election cost me $150, <laughs> uh, believe it or not. Any, anyway, it, it, it got to Fairbanks in November of 1955 to, uh, for, the, uh, for the meeting of the Constitutional Convention, and got to start meeting uh, other delegates learning about uh, the delegates uh, who had been elected. I hadn't paid too much attention to other regions at that point. I knew quite a few people, but not um, not not all of them. One of the people I had I'd seen the name, but I knew nothing about him until uh, uh, until I got to Fairbanks, and uh, his name was E. B. Collins, a very interesting guy who had been elected to the first territorial legislature, which met in 1913. He was elected speaker uh, of the first territorial House of Representatives. And I thought to myself, how can anyone that old uh, possibly still be on his feet and uh, be able to function in a constitutional convention? 
Uh, he was 82 years old. I'm 88 uh, in a couple of weeks. Thank you. <laughs>